Welcome to episode number 36 of the Ignite Your Life with Laura podcast. So today's topic is so practical. You are going to love this, and I have some really tangible tools you can use to maximize it even more. We are going to talk about decision-making energy. Have you ever noticed there are those days, those mornings, when you're staring at your clothes, you're probably looking at hundreds of dollars worth of clothes, maybe more, and you can't think of a single outfit you want to wear, or you're staring at your fridge, it's 5.30 at night, you really want to be making dinner, and you're looking at so many groceries, hundreds of dollars perhaps worth of groceries, and you can't think of a single thing that you want to make for dinner. That's because you've run out of decision-making energy. We actually have a limited amount of energy we can use in any one day. We can deplete it. And then that makes even the simplest decisions difficult. Now, if you add to that, maybe a stressful time in your life when you've had to make a lot of decisions and it's been really hard, or you want to make some kind of change in your life when in any one moment you have to make the decision, do I sleep in or do I get up and exercise? You know, do I do the old thing, which is easy, or do I get up and go do something? You actually need decision-making energy to make that hard decision to get up and go do something. So today we're going to talk about how to maximize our decision-making energy, how to replenish it, because you can replenish it, and all the ways that we can create things in our life to make it even easier. So if you're ready, we're going to do this. Now, as always, any products, links, et cetera, that I mentioned can be found in the show notes and all show notes can be found at lauraerdmanlentz.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast with me, Laura Erdman Luntz. I want to inspire you to step into your extraordinary life, that life that is deeply fulfilling, full of purpose, and vibrantly joyful for you, whatever that is. In each show, I share tips and time-tested techniques that have helped hundreds of clients live more satisfying lives over 30 years of life coaching. If you're ready, let's do this. Are you ready to learn yoga? And I mean from the very beginning, so you can learn how to do it safely, then you are so ready for the Complete Beginner Yoga Series, a 12 video series with me teaching you yoga. I have taught yoga for 30 years, and one of my favorite things to do is to teach beginners. I love teaching alignment and anatomy as we go, so you can be safer in your practice. If you have ever said, I've always wanted to learn yoga, but I'm too nervous to walk into a studio, or, I tried yoga, but the teacher expected me to know the poses already. Or, I would do yoga, but I'm too inflexible and out of shape. Then this is the perfect series for you. I go slowly explaining and teaching the poses so you can learn them safely. And each video builds on the previous class, adding new poses and reviewing the previous lessons. Plus, there are bonuses, including a restorative yoga tutorial. You can learn more and purchase the series at lauraerdmanluntz.com forward slash beginner yoga. And of course, the link is in the show notes. So for today's topic, I actually have three different sections we're going to look at. First of all, we're going to talk a little bit about decision-making energy, really the biology of it, if you will. 
The second part, we're going to look at ways to protect the energy. So things you can set up in your life to help protect that really precious commodity. And then the last part, we're going to look at how to replenish your energy because you can replenish it. And if you're doing it on a regular basis, that is going to help you so much. Okay. So first of all, your decisions are made in your prefrontal cortex aspect of your brain. So that is right behind the forehead. And it's the part of the brain where you do your conscious thinking. And I always think it's interesting that, you know, when we have a headache or we're resting our head, we put, we rest our head with our fingertips on our forehead. And if you do that and go ahead and do it now, it's, it's, I'm doing it right now as I'm talking. Can you tell? It's very calming. Can you feel that? It's like, it's almost like it helps stimulate it. Honestly, I don't know if it does, but I do, do wonder when there are actions that many of us take, if there's a deeper reason for them, you know, I, I think that's interesting. Anyway, every decision you make takes some of the energy there. So see yourself as having a hundred units of decision-making energy on a daily basis. What you wear in the morning might take two units. It also might take 50. It depends on how hard it is, right? And what you're going to have for breakfast takes a little bit. What you're going to do for your morning routine takes a little bit. How you're going to drive to work may or may not take any, right? Everyone's a little different. Every day is a little different for everyone as well. But realize that any decision you make takes a little or a lot of that energy depending on the difficulty of the decision for you. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, add to that if you have a time in your life when you have to make really big decisions, like it's a very stressful time and there might be really big decisions you make, it can take everything, right? That one decision can take everything and the depletion can continue day after day. If you are really depleted, that energy, it's not like you're going to wake up the next day with a hundred fresh units necessarily. Um, And that's just because it's always on your mind, right? And that makes it a constant drain on your energy. But never fear. There are things that we can set up to make it a little bit easier. I just want you to understand it for yourself because sometimes that helps you realize, oh, that's why doing such and such was hard in that time. You know, um, the past year was really, really hard for me and and I've shared it a lot. Um, I haven't shared the details and I I probably won't for a long time because they're not my details to share, but it was a really, really rough year. And it was interesting because there were things I wanted to do in my business. There was the big steps I wanted to take and day after day, I wouldn't take them. And I was probably two months in before I I woke up one day and thought, duh, it was so hard for me to see because it was, you know, my life, right? Like it's so much easier to see other people's lives, but when you're in it and in the thick of it, it's sometimes hard to see what is really going on. And I realized I needed to set aside all those big goals for, for a a period of time. You know, I didn't even know how long, but I thought I am just going to do the bare minimum for my business just to keep it going for right now. And that bare minimum is relatively easy for me right? I wasn't doing the podcast. I wasn't doing the YouTube videos. I was doing the simple things that don't take much thought because I didn't have the energy to have thoughts, much less inspirational tools, you know, inspirational things to inspire all of you. I just didn't have access to that. So I stepped back to everything and I got back to the basics. So, so think about that for your own life. You know, if you're going through something really big, it's not a time to make huge changes. It's not a time to set huge goals to really change your life. It's about hunkering down 
and filling yourself up, which we are going to get to. So let's step into the second part of this podcast and talk about three ways to protect your decision-making energy. So these are things you can set up in your life to minimize the number of decisions that you have to make in order to to protect your decisions for your bigger things, right? To, To protect that energy for more important things. Okay, number one, systematize everything you can. Okay, so this means setting up systems in your life so that you don't have to think about when something needs to get done. One of my favorite stories, I have shared it before and I'm going to share it again for those of you who are new to the podcast. When my husband and I first moved in together 25 years ago, (laughs) maybe more, laundry was really stressful for me. And I know it sounds funny, but it is such a poignant um, story for this because it really did stress me out because I was it, it, I was always watching the basket, seeing it fill up, thinking, when am I going to do it? I can't get to it today. I wonder if Ron can get to it. Oh, he can't get to it. How about tomorrow? It was always on my mind. And it's one of those things, have you ever noticed that you don't think about something that needs to get done until it's really past due. It really should have been done today. Like this is when I noticed is when it should have been done today or yesterday. And then it, it takes me a while to find the time to actually do it. So in the meanwhile, it's driving me nuts. Well, that's what happened with laundry. And I finally mentioned it to my husband. He said, well, how about we do laundry on Wednesday and Saturdays? And it was such an easy decision to make there, right? Like such an easy solution. Do you know that for 25 years, we've done laundry on Wednesday and Saturday. I'm recording this today. It's a Wednesday and we're doing laundry. We always do it on Wednesday and Saturday. That's all my kids have ever known. And we do sheets and towels on Saturday because it's only been three days past Wednesday. And so, you know, there isn't as much of our clothing to do versus on Wednesday when it's four days past the previous day. So we do sheets and towels and that's an easy day because it's Saturday. So it's an easy day to strip beds, remake them. The system is set. I can't tell you how much more relaxed I was around laundry. And that's what I'm talking about here. Any of your regular chores and activities, any, you know, cleaning you do for your house, any regular things you do maybe for your job or for your car or for your kids, put it on a schedule so you don't have to think about it. I actually have it typed up and in in a table form and taped to the inside of a kitchen cupboard and I can peek at it and go, oh, that's right. Wednesday's when I clean the kitchen sink. Thursdays are when I wipe down the living room tables. We have glass living room tables. And so, you know, they need to be wiped down. I know when it's going to be done. I don't have to think about it. The other thing I have on annual plan, if you will, are doctor's appointments. I know when I go to the dermatologist and get my skin checked. I know the months I get my mammogram. I know when I get my teeth cleaned. And it's already on the schedule, so I don't have to think about it. I don't have to wonder, have I gotten my teeth cleaned? When was the last time I got my teeth cleaned? I know. I get it done in January and July. Bam, we're done. Systemize everything you can. So this is something that's actually kind of fun to work on, too, over time, because things will come up. You'll think, oh, man, I have been thinking about that. Let me systematize it. How can I do that? You know, do I put up my calendar? Do I call and make an appointment right now? What should I do? How often do I want to make sure this gets done? So it's never on my mind. I'm never looking at that corner going, there are cobwebs there. Or looking at my bookshelf going, oh my goodness, it's dusty again. You know, I dust on Saturdays. 
I know I dust on Saturdays, so that's when I know it's going to get done. And because I dust every Saturday, it rarely gets to that point where I notice it needs to be done. Okay, number two, this one is similar to number one, but it might be things that you haven't thought of, okay? Take the mundane decisions off your plate. So you might see this as systematizing, but it also might be something you didn't even think you could systematize. So the the three things I systematize are my wardrobe, my menu, and my daily work tasks. Okay. So wardrobe. I literally have a wardrobe written down. This is what I'm going to wear Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I let Sunday be a an open day. I get to choose whatever it is I want to wear. And I have about four weeks of, of wardrobe cho- chosen. So on Sunday, I go to the next page. So, you know, I just rotate between these four and I know what I'm going to wear every single day. There is a reason Steve Jobs always wore a black turtleneck and jeans. He wanted to preserve his decision-making energy. That's all he ever wore. And it made it easy. He didn't want to waste it on what he was going to wear. Menu. I choose our menu for the the next week on Wednesday night. My husband goes shopping Thursday morning and I have it all planned out so I don't have to think about it. I don't have to open that fridge and stare at it because usually by the time it's time to make dinner, I am so depleted from my work day and all the decisions I make in my work that I will just stare at the fridge and we'll have frozen pizza. Not going to lie. We've had lots of frozen pizza during this pandemic, um, but I want to have healthier meals, right? So now I've got it all planned out. The third thing I have taken, third mundane decision, shall we say, that I've taken off my plate are my daily work tasks. And this, you could also see as something I've definitely systematized. I mean, all of these things are things we've systematized, right? The wardrobe, the menu, et cetera. It's very much number one. But again, it might not be something that you've considered as something that is systematizable worthy because it's so mundane. But I have about six or seven work tasks, maybe more like 10, that don't necessarily have to be done every day, but regularly. And I have them in my digital planning menu, planning schedule. All of my Monday work things come up on Monday and they pop up. And then I know this is what I need to do. On Tuesday, my Tuesday tasks come up. And the things that I need to do three days a week come up Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday because Friday is my financials day. It's when I work on our financials and and that's what I do um, for most of my work day. So do you see what I mean though? So you don't have to make those little decisions over and over and over again, slowly depleting your energy. Okay. Now the third suggestion I have is things that take a little bit more energy to complete when you're not in the right space for it. Okay, so stick with me. And I've heard this is more for creatives. I'm definitely a creative. So this may not apply to you. And actually, I would love to hear if it doesn't apply to you, if it really is just for creatives. But there are times when I make decisions more easily than other times for certain things. So for example, what I'm going to do for my morning routine If I wait until the morning to decide, I'll lay in bed for half an hour thinking, I'm going to get up. What am I going to do first? Am I going to do yoga? Am I going to meditate? Am I going to work out? What am I going to do? And honestly, I can lay there for so long, I run out of time. Or if I do get up and I think, hey, you know what? I want to do a workout video, but I haven't chosen it. I can spend easily 20 minutes flipping through everything 
you know, I've got half an hour to do workouts. So I'm flipping through all these 30 minute videos for 20 minutes. And it's like, oh no, now I only have 10 minutes and I have to start over and find a 10 minute video. If I do this the night before, it takes me about five minutes, maybe not even. It's like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 6.30. I'm going to get up right away. I'm going to be, ex- I'm going to meditate first. And then I'm going to exercise. I'm going to do this video. Then I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to be in the shower by eight. Bam, I'm done. I'm in the right space for it the night before. Same thing. If you don't do a menu, you might want to do that with choosing your dinner the night before, knowing what you're going to make the next day. Um, writing. When I do any kind of writing for work, so this might be, you know, something you might do for work. I do so much better at my writing when I'm tired. There's just something about it. I think it turns off my brain enough that it comes from my heart. And, you know, I don't do technical writing. I do inspirational writing. So for me, it really needs to come from the heart and I need to be less focused on detail so I can write then. If I try and write a blog post or come up with podcast ideas, if I do that in the morning, I'm so stuck. I will sit there forever and just stare at it. So what I want you to think about is what do you have the energy for in any one moment? Making sure you're making the decisions for the things you have the energy to make decisions around at that time. And the way you'll notice it, you'll notice it most in those times when you're having a hard time making decisions. So when you're having a hard time and you're thinking, this is so easy, what the heck is wrong with me? One of two things is happening. You've already depleted your decision-making energy and or you're trying to make a decision at the wrong time. You know, when you think about the mornings, me having a hard time figuring out what I'm going to do in the morning, that's theoretically when I'm the most filled up. And I am. I usually wake up with full decision-making capability because I take care of my my brain and my decision-making ability, and I still can't do it. And yet the night before, when theoretically I'm depleted, I can make it really quickly. So what you want to do is Think about those things you really struggle with making decisions around, especially those mundane ones, and make sure you're finding the best time to make those decisions. All right, so now let's look into part three, and this is where we're going to talk about how to replenish your decision-making capability. Now, I will tell you, this is not a physiological replenishment. This is just what I have discovered for myself and working with my clients that helps us feel replenished enough so that we feel like we can make decisions again, okay? So this is not official researched information. This is totally anecdotal, and I'm guessing you will probably agree. So there are two things that I do specifically to replenish my decision-making capabilities. The first one is self-care. Now, self-care is a lot of different things to a lot of di- to everyone, right? And honestly, it's different things for me at different times. It's actually something we're going to talk about a lot going forward. I have a lot of self-care podcasts and even a course coming out pretty soon around it. So it's it's a really exciting topic for me because I'm discovering so much around it for myself that I, I want to share. So you have to decide for yourself, what is the self-care that helps you replenish? And just pay attention. You know, when do I feel filled up? And how do I feel filled up? Like for me, a bath at night is magic. I will come out feeling replenished. Even if I'm experiencing a chronic fatigue episode, I can come out of that bath feeling 100%, just totally replenished. If I do a bath in the morning, it's kind of tedious and I don't really feel 
it doesn't really help me that much. It's remarkable, actually, the difference between a bath in the morning and a bath at night for me. Sometimes it feels really good. And usually if I'm doing more of a restorative day, it'll feel really good. But most of the time it's like, okay, yeah. I would rather take an invigorating shower, you know, like a nice shower with the diffuser going with eucalyptus in it, and then end with a blast of cold water. Like that fills me up in the morning. That at night, doesn't even sound good. I can't even imagine blasting with cold water at night, right? That just does not resonate with me. So you want to figure out what will help you, what will help you replenish and fill up and feel like you can make decisions again. Okay. Fresh air is usually really helpful um, because it helps replenish that prefrontal cortex. Literally exercise can help. That actually is researched, right? Exercise and um, fresh air can replenish that prefrontal cortex. Play with it and see what it, see what helps you. Number two, this is something that I have been playing with a lot lately. And honestly, this could be just me. So I want to hear from you if this is something that you feel as well. Um, But I've really been working with my brain since I was diagnosed with ADHD and really working on learning how to focus without adrenaline, getting off my adrenaline rushes and, and, you know, getting off my adrenaline addiction, to be honest. But I find resting my brain really powerful. I do find it kind of hard, to be honest, but to literally rest it, having quiet, true quiet, like doing house chores in quiet, cleaning the kitchen in quiet, folding laundry in quiet, meditating, doing my yoga practice in quiet. And honestly, I don't do it that often because it's, it is hard. It's really hard for me to find that quiet and be comfortable with it. It's something I'm working on. Um, I think it's both my personality as well as the ADHD because my brain is still going so fast. Uh, but I also think that might be a reason why we are so drawn to old TV shows you know, now that we have these, all of these choices of these TV shows, especially if you're, you know, 40 or 50 something and you're getting, you're able to watch those TV shows from when you were a kid, it's comforting because you don't have to think hard or simply rewatching an old TV show that you loved. You don't have to think as hard, right? It's more of that background noise that's going on as you're, you're watching. Um, I have a feeling that is a big chunk of why we are, I call them comfort TV shows, why we're drawn to them. Cause I know I definitely am. And that is something I really enjoy doing for myself. All right. So we do a quick run through summary here. We are talking about how to maximize your decision-making energy. And it is such a powerful tool to start implementing these things. This is something I've definitely been working on actively since September, September, 2021, when I was diagnosed with ADHD and I'm just working on loving up my brain even more, taking care of it, um, in all the ways, right? I have talked a lot about the supplements I take for my, to support my brain. Um, the other challenge in, in our, in my family is we actually have a lot of family history of brain diseases, brain degenerative diseases. So I definitely want to be loving up my brain and taking care of it. So let's just quickly review what we went over so you can think about it for yourself and what it is that you want to be working on. Number one is systematize everything you can. Everything that's on your plate that you're always thinking about, 
make sure you know when it's going to get done, how it's going to get done. So you don't have to think about it anymore. Number two, take mundane decisions off your plate. What you're going to wear, what you're going to eat for dinner, daily work tasks, just know somehow have some sort of plan, a system if you want, or a better time to make that decision. If you really struggle in the morning for your clothes, decide the night before. If you really discover with, if you really, um, struggle with that decision about what to eat at 5.30 at night, make that decision in the morning or the night before for the next day. Number three, realize it can take more energy to make a decision at one time than another. So if that's true for you, make sure you're finding the time to make the decision about what you want to do, what you want to eat, et cetera, at a time when you have the right energy for it. And then Make sure you have a replenishment plan in place, whether it's self-care or literally resting your brain. Make sure you bring put something in place because it can make such a difference. Y'all, I don't know if there's anything more important than taking care of our brains. It's so important. I am going to link to my ADHD blog post where I wrote about all of my techniques I, I have implemented in my life to help with my focus because I went 52 years with undiagnosed severe ADHD and I did a lot in those 52 years. I accomplished quite a bit with severe ADHD. So obviously I had a lot of systems in place and I also added the main supplements I've been taking to support my brain. So you can go check that out. It's lauraerdmanlens.com forward slash ADHD. I will put the link in the show notes as well. All right, y'all, I hope this helps you maximize your decision-making energy. I would love to hear from you what works, what doesn't, any other questions that you might have. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you next time. It's time for our wellness tip. In each podcast, I will be sharing with you a simple wellness tip you can easily incorporate into your life to feel better. If you have tips or tricks you have questions around or you want me to talk about, leave me a message. So for today's wellness tip, I am going to revisit something that we actually have already talked about, but it was way back in, gosh, I think it was episode number 14, a really long time ago, and it's definitely applicable for our topic of the day, which is maximizing our decision-making energy. That is peppermint essential oil. So peppermint is an incredibly powerful tool for your focus. If you sniff it within six seconds, it has stimulated your prefrontal cortex. It's really cool. And you know it, right? Like when you smell, you can feel like you're brighter for sure. It's just amazing. Now realize that the quality of the oil definitely makes a difference because it isn't literally the smell of peppermint that brightens your brain, if you will. It is some of the nutrients found in a really good peppermint oil. So they're called chemical constituents and basically they're the nutrients of the oil. So it's not just any peppermint oil that's really going to brighten your brain. It is ones that has the nutrients that brighten the brain. So the ones I use, of course, are Young Living. If you've been following me for a while, you know that Young Living is my brand partner and they are the only ones I use. And honestly, I actually have a cheap 
brand of essential oil just to compare and the difference is really dramatic. I mean, Young Living's peppermint oil almost makes your eyes water when you breathe it in because it's so strong and, and that is a good thing. <laughs> we want that. We want that kind of power. So I actually keep a bottle of peppermint right by my desk and I pop that baby open anytime I need a little, little something, something to get my focus going. And I definitely recommend it. If you're interested, I will add a link into the show notes on how you can get that for yourself. I will link to all of the Young Living products that I use for supporting my brain with my ADHD um, work. So you can go check all of them out. Peppermint oil, you better know it's definitely there. Want to work privately with me? I would love to explore what that would look like with you. Apply for a private inspirational breakthrough session on my website, lauraerdmanluntz.com. One session might be all you need, or we may find it will be perfect to work together for more inspiration and growth. I usually have around three private coaching spots open up every month. Contact me through the website. I am looking very forward to helping you live your extraordinary life. Thank you for joining me. I would so appreciate your support for this podcast by taking a moment to leave a review for me wherever you listen to your podcasts. I promise to read each one. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with others. May you be inspired to live your extraordinary life because life is meant to be extraordinary. See y'all next week. 